Welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. This is the second half of our wrestling-themed episode with Julia Shafini of Spirits Podcast, so I won't say much so that you can just get right back into the action of the first-ever Women's Royal Rumble with the WWE. Thank you again to Zach Valenti for lending us his recording space and equipment to record this episode. And just a few more things before we dive in. First, this is part two, so if you haven't listened to part one yet, I would do that before listening to this one. It will make this one make a lot more sense. Second, it looks like the second Royal Rumble with the WWE is taking place on January 27th, 2019. So if you want to check it out, I believe that you can get a free month subscribed to the WWE, which if you subscribe now, that's perfect. You'll be able to watch it. Third, as you can tell, these episodes were not very wine heavy. But if you want to hear about how I would pair wine with wrestling, stay tuned for the whole episode. Fourth, Thank you so much to our patrons, especially to Mara Zobrist, our advanced, aka producer-level patron, who has better hair than Asuka and is stronger than Nia Jax. We are about to be revamping our Patreon starting in 2019, and while you'll still get all the rewards that we have on there currently, including personalized pairings, live streams, and audio extras, there will be some new goodies, so make sure to come check us out on patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. Fifth, Thank you so much to those of you who have left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every rating and review makes a huge difference, so thank you to everyone who took a few moments out of their busy day to leave us a little review. If you think you have time to do the same, just follow the link in the show notes, and my unending gratitude shall follow. Sixth, and last, and most important, thank you for listening and for sharing us with your friends. 2018 was a huge year for me in so many ways, but bringing this little podcast to life is one of my favorite things that I got to do this year. So thank you for listening and making it possible. Without further ado, here is episode 27, The Women's Royal Rumble with Julia Shafini, part two. She does a great move later on in this match, if I remember correctly, called the Stratosphere. Amazing. Which is such a good like, That is such a great, honestly, perfect name. Yeah. Figuring out names for wrestling moves is one of my favorite things in the world. That is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's going after the Bella oh, Twins. Oh, man. Oop, she's doing oh. the, the chops. Very yep, important. Yep. The chops are... Oh, Ooh, she with licked, a, with a licked kiss. her hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's got some attitude. She does. She does. And like coming out in not a white bikini. Proud of yeah, her. that is that is mm-hmm. an awesome outfit. I love it. So good. It's like it's like a leather, like half leather, half sheer black. It's like vaguely dominatrix, but it not is. quite. Yeah, it's it's still a this little is the stratosphere. Oh, amazing. which is a handstand leg scissor yeah. onto someone on the top rope and then bring them down. Yeah. Oh, look at these two. Yeah. So Mickey James basically, when she started out, she's like, "I want to be you." Yeah. And yeah. then Trish is like, you can't be me, I'm Tristratus. Yeah, so they're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Of course. And they're, of course. Everyone, the crowd loves it. Yeah, they're everybody's the watching. Yes. Yep. The yes chant, as Michael Cole said, one of the all-time great rivalries for the women. I could watch them fight oh, yeah, all sure. day. Which is impressive, because, like, again, yeah. these are women in, like, their, like, early to late 40s. Yeah. Of yeah. course, it's Tristratus. There it is. And, and, and Mickey James is not happy. She reversed it. it. Yeah. Oh, but there oh, she goes. But she's got, she's down. Eliminated. Oh, no. I don't know what the seven means, but. Yeah. 
Oh, and Nia Jack's still in it, Oh, I guess. she is still in it. Okay, yeah. she's back. Tristratus is never in Oh, gas. no, everybody's ganging this up on Nia. This happens a lot in Nia uh, matches, where if there's more than one person, they all gang up on her, and then Nia's wow. like, I'm bigger than you. Yeah, yeah. And then knocks them all down. <laughs> That's amazing. It's very good. She's like, I am a god. Mm-hmm. She is, she's an absolute goddess. Yeah, she is. Which, she should have that title, except that belongs to Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is the she's goddess. She's like, I am the goddess of Raw. Okay. And she's like, all right. Honestly, um, nicknames are super important in wrestling. Oop, the Bella Twins about to eliminate Nia Jax, though. A little <gasps> bit of teamwork. Never hurt anybody. Yep. And everyone else helping Everybody them else is coming in. Because they, they know that Nia is the biggest threat. Yeah. That's why it's important. Yeah. Oh. Please be gentle oh. with her. Oh. Cradle her neck. Oh. All right, good. Okay, okay. You can also tell a lot of times when yeah. wrestlers are being safe, even though you know. Like, yeah, like you can, you can tell that they're looking out for each yeah. other while still kicking each other's ass, which I appreciate. Yeah. It's like you you saw Nikki Bella cradle. Oh, man. Oh, okay. So Sasha and Bailey are supposed to be friends. Oh, Sasha just eliminated no. Bailey while everyone else was distracted. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Sasha, you're you're still in it. You bitch. She's in it to win it. <laughs> All right. She's going for right. Tristratus okay. now. Okay. All right. Good luck. That might be might be a little, uh, little bold. A little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Ooh. Natty threw Tristratus down. So right now, who we have left yeah, yeah. is so, Natalia, yep. Tristratus, yep. Sasha Banks, yep. both the Bella Twins, yes. and Asuka. Okay. All Natty right. is about to put Tristratus into a move called the Sharpshooter, which oh. is a heart Ooh. foundation specialty. Yeah. Which is not, like, there's no reason she should be doing this because she can't, she can't tap out. She has right. to be eliminated by throwing over the top rope. Right. So this is just Natty right. trying to tucker her out, basically. Yeah, I, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. It's a long, the long game. Yes, it's a long con. Oh, oh, reversed it, which usually doesn't happen with the sharpshooter. It's yeah. very hard to reverse. A lot of the submission holds are very hard to reverse. Yeah. Especially yeah. ones where you, they're like flipped over and I stuff. Can, I can imagine that. That mm-hmm. looked like it would be hard to get out of. Natty, oh, why, no. Natty, why oh, would you climb no. up? Oh, okay. Come on. Okay. okay. Get her, Trish. Yep. All right. Oh, oh, oh there, there she goes. on the ground. Okay, so Natalia is out. Natalia's out. They but they had Canadian kind of goddess. like a oh. <laughs> See, how can you do that to a Canadian? Yeah. And a cat lady, no, no less. A cat lady. She has like uh, three cats. They're all Persians. Oh, <laughs> I actually I love Persian cats. They're very cute. They're really cute and they're really sweet. Mm. A side note while Sasha yeah. and Trish yes, uh, well they, yell well at they each have, other. Well, they have it out. Um, one of my favorite wrestlers who I call um, the uh, kickboxing Satanist. Okay. Oh, there goes oh. Tristratus, oh, eliminated man. by Sasha. Um, his name is Alistair Black. Is the, oh. um, but he has two cats named, um, I think it's Potty Potato and Toddy Tomato. Oh my god, that's amazing. They're very that cute. is so cute. And they're both like white versions. Yeah. So they just look dorky as hell. That is so cute. Um, Asuka and Sasha having a moment in the middle okay. of the ring. Yeah, they've, they've both got great hair and great outfits. That's true. You see Trish Stratus leaving the arena, just walking past. Um, they were going to gang up on the Bellas, but Sasha's uh-huh. like, oh, fuck you, Asuka. Yeah. Come team so up with me, Bellas. Okay, so everybody's teaming up on Asuka now. Mm-hmm. Asuka's a big threat. At this point, she's yeah. never been defeated in the WWE. Okay. So that's they're they're intimidated by her. Yeah, yeah. I mean I would be I would be too. So Good moves. Nice. The Bella twins have a lot of like joint moves just because yeah. they were a tag team for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though there's no real women's like tag team division. Sure. There should be. But sure. There yeah, there absolutely should hopefully, be. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get one in the next year or so. Yeah. But 
can only hope. They need to add more women if that's the case, though. Yeah. How many women are there in the in the WWE? At this I would point? say in the main roster, there's about thirty or so. Okay. Um, and then in developmental, there's probably about another twelve to fifteen. Okay. But it's increasing at all times. So great. They're always training I love new it. women and stuff. I love it. Oh, oh no, there goes Sasha, Sasha eliminated by the Bella Twins when she thought that they were setting Asuka up. Oh no. They oh, both and gave her the, the L for loser, you know, oh, from the early two no. thousands. Yeah, yep, yep. They're a little like you do. They they look kind of like um Demi Moore. Yes. Particularly I forget the the first one who came out. Uh Nikki. One? Nikki. The one who yeah. was engaged she's, to Johnson. Yeah, because she's just got the, yes. the long, straight hair. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they used to do a move when they were in singles matches called Twin Magic. Okay. Which, if um, they could tell one of the sisters was not looking so good, uh-huh. one of them would hide underneath the ring. Okay. And then if the other one gets like knocked out of the ring for whatever reason, yeah. like not for pinning or anything like that, they would swap them out. Usually it would be Nikki was fighting and then she would switch out with Brie. Amazing. Uh, who would stuff her bra because Nikki has bigger boobs. <laughs> um, and then they would like basically a completely refreshed wrestler would get back into the ring. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Asuka is defending herself even though it's two on one. Yeah. Oh, and is oop, she going to is, is she, she going to eliminate Brie? She eliminate Brie? Not quite. Uh, but Nikki Nikki intercepted. Brie Bella's still in this match. All right. She's she's crawling back in. Uh, Nikki about to do the rack attack on Asuka. Oh. Rack attack. Rack attack. Dang. Used to be different. She had to modify it because it was putting too much issue on her neck. Uh-huh. And then... <gasps> oh, Bella twins no. turn on each other. Oh, no. She Nikki eliminated Brie. sister. Yeah. That happens a lot with the Bella yeah, twins. Yeah. I... I imagine it. Might. Yeah, the yeah. kayfabe is is intense. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we have two remaining women. Okay, so it's going to be Oscar or uh, or Nikki Bella or Nikki Bella, Nikki Bella making her comeback, getting to the final oh, two man. of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. You know, and I know that she was still engaged to John Cena mm-hmm. at this point. Yes, but you know, kind of in retrospect, I'm like, oh man, I want to win for her because you know, yeah, she, she deserves it. She deserves it. But also, Oscar's way cool. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah. <laughs> this, I was very conflicted at the end of this match. I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck, Nikki Bella making her return is yeah. amazing, but yeah. also I love Asuka so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, I, and she looks like, I don't know if this is true, but that, she looks like she's got almost her own hair. Yes, no, Asuka is one of the few women who actually has her own hair yeah. in this match, and it's not extensions or a Yeah. Uh, that was true for Ruby Riot as well, but um, uh-huh. she's since had like a little bit more extension work done. She's okay. still got the undercut, but mm-hmm. she's got extensions on her like yeah. actual hair. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Oh, she looks like she's, she looks pissed. She looks pissed. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to see her full intro where she's yeah. wearing a shirt over the top that she's wearing, uh-huh. and then she rips it open to expose her boobs, basically. Yep, yep. <laughs> Which is I, wonderful. Like you do. Like, like you do. Girl, oh. you paid a lot of money for those. Show them off if yeah, you yeah, want. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, but Asuka, Asuka has gone over the top rope. She's been But hit. she's hanging on. Oh, yeah. But oh, it just might man, take but one she's, more hit. It might take one more hit. And, she, and Nikki is pissed that she is not been eliminated yeah. yet. Yeah. You can tell. She's yeah. telling that story well. She's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to. Full hit. Full hit. Oh, but oh, Asuka, but Asuka gets says, a, I'm going to kick gets you. Gets a shot up there. And Asuka putting her into a top rope oh submission my hold. Oh, God. With her leg. Oh, my God. And is she going to flip oh no. her over? Oh, no. 
Oh, they're both on. They're both on the side. Oh, here. they're both on the side. They're both. They've both gone over the top rope. Oh, no. This is bad. Oh man! You should. I screamed at the. I was screaming at I, the television. Yeah, this. yeah. I am. I am like. You are you're, clutching your head right <laughs> now. I feel like I've like got so much stress. Oh no! <gasps> oh my god! <gasps> oh my god! So what happened was Nikki punched Asuka. Asuka teetered towards the edge, but yeah. then as Nikki went in for the killing strike, Asuka kicked, kicked her, her in the leg, which had her fall off the side. Allowing Asuka to win. Oh my god. Uh, and so Asuka now has the one gets to revel in the glory of her yes, win. Yes. And two gets to announce which of the women she's going to go after for the title. So it could be Alexa or it could be Charlotte. Okay. Okay. All right. So she's going to she, WrestleMania. She yeah, pointed she at the sign. She's doing it. You can tell it's at New Orleans because it's in like a, yeah, a Fleur de yeah. Fleur de Lis. Yeah, Fleur de Lis, so, yeah. yeah. She's like, okay. kicks. Oh, she kind of missed there. It was a little bit of a botch. Yeah, but, but also it worked. But it worked. And they had me. They had me. Yeah. I was so... Oh, I was, it was intense. It was intense. And this was the main event. So women usually... Yeah. Which is... Women usually don't main event pay-per-views. I know. It's frustrating. That is very frustrating. But, but this was so good. I mean, I know it's not over. So Charlotte and Alexa have gotten into the ring with their titles so that Asuka can make a decision as to who she's going to face at WrestleMania. Is it going to be tiny, tiny Alexa Bliss or Amazon goddess Charlotte Flair? Yeah. Face or heel? At this point... um, Which one one is face and which one is heel? uh, Amazon goddess Charlotte Flair is is um, face. face. And then tiny Alexa is heel. Okay. Um, I should also say at this point... Asuka is on the Raw is on the Raw show, which means Alexa would typically be the champion that she goes for. Okay. Okay. Make a decision. Okay. They're just standing there. Oh, she's, she's she's and it's a wonderful moment forth. where this like Japanese woman is standing between these two obviously blonde white women. Yeah. And yeah. is get, going to decide who she's going to face here. Yep. And it's a wonderful, wonderful it moment. Is. It is awesome. And then the music hits. And fucking Ronda Rousey comes out. What? Do you know who Ronda Rousey no. is? Ronda what Rousey is was this? a UFC fighter for a very long okay. time. Okay. Who lost a bunch in UFC and then transitioned to wrestling. Okay. And this was the first time we found out that she was going to be a wrestler. Oh. As you can hear oh one of the commentators say, oh. the rumors are true. That's actually, she, she actually looks familiar mm-hmm. to me. So she comes out and she ruins Asuka's moment. Oh no! Also, Ronda Rousey is terrible. She is a domestic abuser and oh, a um, she good. like is a Sandy Hook truther. Oh, so, like oh, okay. I have a lot of problems with yeah. her. I've got I've got problems with you. I kind of want Asuka yeah. to kick your ass. Yes. Yeah. Um, but fucking Ronda Rousey comes out and um, Asuka is unable to make the decision that she should be making in this yeah. situation. I yeah. will say. Um, she does come and face, um, Asuka decides to face Charlotte for the match. Okay. Uh, and it's a fantastic match that Asuka unfortunately loses. Oh no. Ruining her streak, but it's a great, it's like honestly the best women's match I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. That's not including the Asuka, the Asuka versus Ember Moon match that I saw live. Um, that sounds amazing. It was really good. That was the one where she broke her (gasps) collarbone. Oh my God. So um, Ronda Rousey is pointing at the WrestleMania sign saying, yeah. I'm going to be at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, what ends up happening is she is in a tag team match with uh-huh. the Raw general manager, Kurt Angle. Okay. Who is a um, retired wrestler who ends up going back into wrestling. 
um, and is also a um, former Olympian who broke his neck. He won an Olympic gold medal while breaking his neck. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, she slapped her hand away. Oscar oh, slapped man. Rhonda's hand away because she ruined her moment and fuck Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, to be fair, that's what I would do too. So Ronda Rousey has a tag team match with Kurt Angle versus uh-huh. the CEO of the company Triple H. Yep. And Stephanie McMahon, the one you said looked like the yeah, Nordic like the lead singer. yeah, 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 totally. Yep. And it's a very good match. Ronda wins because they really want her to like be popular with the crowd. Gotcha. Because they spent a lot of a money lot of getting money. her there. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, but yeah. So that is the first oh women's Royal Rumble. What a what a like cliffhanger to mm-hmm. end it on. As well, they well. want you to come back for well, WrestleMania. Yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense. That was amazing. That was such a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, and was. So yeah, there she is. She yep. looks she, she looks like They're a Viking look at each queen. Other. There's a whole thing too where Rhonda showed up at one point um in a match that um the Rock was in uh-huh. and like came and beat up Stephanie McMahon. Oh man. And um and uh Triple H. So uh-huh. they have like a little bit of a history. Okay. And so they have this whole buildup where um, Kurt Angle basically was like, "Well, didn't you and Triple H say like, oh, now we can get back at this bitch now that she works for us?" And so, yeah. like, that's how the whole thing kind of starts up with them. But um, focusing on the actual, yeah. the actual winner of yeah. the Royal Rumble, yeah, um, Asuka is wonderful. The match she has with Charlotte is insane. Uh, Alexa ends up um, going to fight Nia Jax at WrestleMania. Okay. Um, because they had a whole storyline where they were friends. Okay. But it turned out that in the kayfabe, Alexa was just using Nia as a way of as a way of protecting herself, okay. like having a bodyguard around Ooh, constantly. Cool. Mm-hmm. So um, that worked out really well. That worked out really well. So what are your thoughts? Okay. I have so many thoughts. And questions. Um, Throw them at me if you have them. Okay. Let me, let me think. So just the first thing I was thinking of, you know, I was trying mm-hmm. to think as while watching it, just keeping like wine and alcohol in general in the back of my sure. head. Cool. And I, I didn't think about that. What I, well, no, as you, sh- as you shouldn't have, but what, occurred to me is is that I don't think that I can pair wine I mean I could maybe go through if I took the time and like pair wine oh, for with, sure. diff- with, with like different wrestlers yeah, and stuff totally. but because there's such a varying amount there's of such wrestlers. a varying amount of different wrestlers mm-hmm. and actually what came to mind I mean we were talking about gin earlier but mm-hmm. what came to mind to me was whiskey Ooh, yeah I was like I think that because you get, you have so many different styles of mm-hmm. whiskey and you've got so many different styles of wrestlers mm-hmm. and like there's different school, you know, there's different mm-hmm. eras and, and, you know, like different uh, styles, different styles. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your bourbon, you've got your like all American girls. Mm-hmm. And then there's <laughs> Japanese whiskey mm-hmm. also, which is awesome. Yeah. And kind of more like scotch. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got scotch, which is, you know, the kind of smoky, peaty, earthy. Sure, sure. And, um, and then Irish whiskey, mm-hmm. which is, I love Irish whiskey and it's kind of like smoother and a little bit lighter than bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was what came to mind for me, just just thinking about that totally and trying to tie fair. that in. In terms of just the WWE and my questions in general. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I guess I guess my my main question is like to to what extent is is like who the winner predetermined? Is it ever? It is always predetermined it is always predetermined um and i would say that 98 percent of the time uh-huh 
the wrestlers know that it's predetermined. Okay. There have been several instances where they, um, someone in the back will call the match. They'll change the outcome in the middle of the match. Gotcha. Um, or they will, or they'll just blatantly not tell the wrestler that uh-huh. they're going to change it. Gotcha. Um, or the ref will just fuck up. All right. Well, there you go. Or like someone just doesn't kick out in time or yeah, something like that. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, there's a very infamous match called the Montreal Screwjob in which um, a wrestler was told, oh, you're going to win this match. Mm-hmm. And the um, the CEO of the company basically told the other wrestler and the ref, uh-huh. hey, actually, this other guy is going to win. Oh, no. And didn't tell the one wrestler so he like completely you know reacted like one would react when it's like hey you're going to win this thing and you don't win that thing oh no i'd love i'd love to see that too yeah um that's that's an intense match for sure the reaction after that's really big there's actually a a 90s like kind of screwball comedy based off oh really yeah i'm trying to remember what the fuck it's called okay well well, we'll have to check it a out. A lot of um, a lot of wrestlers actually make appearances in it as cameos, so it's very interesting. Amazing, yeah, amazing. I feel like I'm still processing I know. everything. It, it's I such mean, a it's 45 whirlwind. minutes of just a lot of stuff. It is, and it's, it's nonstop. It is nonstop, and and I guess like I just love the world, like that they've created mm-hmm. all these characters, and that you know, like their interactions right, with one another, sure. and it's this, it's this really is like like i was saying earlier it feels like commedia dell'arte to Mm me like where if you as long as you know what you're watching as soon as the wrestler comes out you know like who they are snap yeah it's almost like they're wearing a mask Mm -hmm. or something yeah and it's which sometimes they are but it's really interesting too because almost all of the wrestlers come up with their own gimmicks yeah so yeah. these people come and they start training and they learn the basics right and then they have to start learning like what character they're going to be playing right and how and how that's going to affect their wrestling mm-hmm. style right and and so so like something that i like i said earlier my only quote-unquote knowledge mm-hmm. of wrestling pretty much comes from glow which which i totally just fair. watched the second season mm-hmm. of and really really enjoyed and i and i guess i just wonder i mean i i know that you were talking about how many many wrestlers they come out of either you know like modeling or well for the women for for the for the women yes yes and that Um, was that was the old tradition but a lot of women who are training now for the wwe or in the wwe now yeah um trained to be wrestlers like yeah they decided this is what i That's wanted what to they do wanted and to they do. started out and just did wrestling and i guess i i wonder at what point did that sort of switch um so there was a period which they called the women's revolution right which started probably in the late aughts i would say okay um so i would say about like 2008 or something okay like that. About um, 10 years ago yeah, yeah. yeah with a uh, with a wrestler called Paige. Okay. Um, you know how we were saying Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville mm-hmm. were in a stable together? Yes. And I said it kind of fell apart because the third member got injured? Yes. That was Paige. Okay. So Paige had started as like her parents wrestled, her brother wrestled, she wrestled. Uh-huh. Since and that she was seems 14. to happen. That seems to happen a lot that like wrestling quote, runs, unquote, in, the runs in the family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Paige was wrestling since she was 14 years old. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She started out in England. She moved to the United States. Okay. To, try out for wwe yeah um and so she came and like the first match she had on wwe mm-hmm. she won the quote-unquote divas championship okay the title that they gave her was the anti-diva 
because huh. she was very like like leather and lace kind of like very mm-hmm. edgy. She wore yeah. like the dark lipstick yeah. and all that and like as pale as a fucking ghost. Right, right. Um can relate. Understandable. Same. Same. Um but so she kind of led the women's revolution, mm. which led from them stop they stopped being called divas. Right. They started being called just superstars, which is what the term is used for the men as well. Okay. So they have the male superstars and the female superstars. Awesome. Um, and so they've been kind of steadily growing. They, they've been doing a lot of firsts with women lately. Uh-huh. So they had the first uh, women's Hell in a Cell match, which is a, a cage match where it's completely right. covered and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time people get thrown off the top of the Hell in a oh Cell God. because why yeah. not? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's how McFoley, like, I think his teeth went through his cheek at one point oh, during God. a Hell in a Cell match because, oh, like, the cell broke and he <gasps> fell from the top of it to the ring. Oh, no. Um, that was a match with uh, The Undertaker, actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah, they just celebrated the 20th anniversary of the Hell in a Cell match. Oh, my God. Um, but, like, they did that. They did the first um, women's match in Saudi Arabia, oh, which God. was, like, a really so big one. Cool. Um, they did the women's first Royal Rumble. They did the women's first uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah. And now we have coming up the first women's only pay per view, which is going to be really interesting. That that is awesome. Mm-hmm. And also is they so they're calling it. It was a revolution, and then it's an evolution uh-huh. because the women are right. evolving to the same level as men. Right. The revolution. Yeah. Whatever. But whatever. <laughs> we'll we'll take it. We'll take what we can get for right. now. And so the pay per view is called Evolution. It's actually yeah. in October, and it's going to be. At the um, the Nassau Coliseum out on Long Island. Oh my god! So Are you gonna go? I'm trying so hard. to Oh go. my god! You totally I'm very should. Excited. You totally should. And, I would love to. And like live tweet, oh, Instagram sure. it. Absolutely. And, be my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I will send you all the photos. Yes. Be like, look at uh, this. Just me reacting to things. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, I have a a couple more questions. Go for it. My my first next question is: Do you have a favorite? wrestler either or you can or you can say if it's too if that's too much of a question <laughs> I, I have a lot of favorites yeah they're yeah, all my that's children how, that's how that's how i would feel you know too. how like with like certain like fandom things you're just like well these are all my babies yeah totally. a lot of the women are my babies totally so like um ember moon Yes, who we yes. saw with the, I love with Ember the Moon. messed yeah. up arm. Yeah, very good. Um, she started out in the indies um, with the code name Athena. Uh, love and it. then when she came to NXT, she's like, I'm a werewolf now. And I yeah, was like, yeah. all right, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alexa Bliss was always like a big favorite of mine. Awesome. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Also yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think right now, I think a couple of my favorites are Zelina Vega. Uh-huh. Who we didn't get to see in that match. Um, but she started as the manager for this former Lucha Andrade Cien Almas. Okay. Um, and she wrestles as well. And basically she started by just like interfering with a lot of his matches. So she would like distract the ref. Yeah. And then she would her karana his opponents. Yeah. Which is like basically a leg scissors, but you flip the other person over. Oh wow. So she's doing this to like six foot four men. <gasps> Oh my god! Like off the off the side of the ring, yeah. just like her Karana, they're on the ground. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So she's been doing a more singles matches herself, which is okay. really exciting. But very she's like, cool. she's my size and just like very oh fiery, god. and that's she's great. I love it. Um, and then my other favorite right now is Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae, who um she's new to WWE. She's currently in their developmental um show. Uh huh. Um, she started in the indies. 
okay. as a um, intergender wrestler. Amazing. So she's out there fighting dudes. That that was going to be my next question. So intergender wrestling, they don't do a lot of it in WWE. Yeah. Um, just because, like, liability stuff. Yeah. And, you know, in the reality, sure. like, different different weight classes, exactly. different styles. I get it. Sure. Totally. Um, so she was in a tag team called uh-huh. the Cutest Tag Team oh. with a guy named <laughs> Joey Ryan when she was in the indies. Adorable. Um, but she recently moved into the WWE because her husband, uh-huh. um, a guy named Johnny Gargano or Johnny Wrestling. That sounds very familiar yes. too. He's, yes. He's very good. Yeah. Um, but she moved into the uh she moved into WWE with him recently. Okay. And she's been doing some really, really good match work. There. Awesome. She is very she is very tough. Uh-huh. She can take bumps like it's nobody's business. Yeah, and she's a very safe wrestler because of that. Yeah, I like I I like that. I like I like safety because yeah. I do get I do get nervous. Oh yeah, like, but she's also the kind of wrestler who will like look at her opponent probably before the match before they go yeah. out there, and they're like talking strategies yeah. and stuff, and she'll just look at them. She'll be like, "Fuck me up." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just fuck me up. Just do it. It's fine. I can take it. Yeah, I, I got this. It. I'm good. Um. Okay. So that was my one my one question, and mm-hmm. then I. I imagine I know the answer to this question, but I'd be curious what you think about it happening in the future. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking about like a, a transgender wrestler or are there any transgender wrestlers? Not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of or at least not in WWE. Sure. I'm sure that there's I'm a sure couple. There are. Yeah. There's a lot more. The indies are much queerer than WWE is. Very cool. Um, as indie things tend to be. As they tend to yeah. be. <laughs> um, I will say that there is. I don't know if he identifies as this, but there's uh-huh. a, I I look at him and I see genderqueer. Sure. Um, but there's a great wrestler in NXT, the developmental yeah. show, um, called Velveteen Dream. Amazing. Uh, he is 22 years old. Oh, my God. Um, he is a um, black man who kind of has, like, sort of a prince persona. Okay. Um, but he is he's really, really good at what he does. Awesome. He is, like, he is very good at putting his opponents over yeah which means basically like he will take the loss but yeah. he will make his opponent and himself look good during that loss totally. you know what i mean yeah 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 absolutely yeah. so he's he's extremely extremely good he is he is great and he just appeared like on the scene like in the past year and has really really built a name for himself since then i'm gonna see him not this saturday Actually, no. It's this Saturday. Is this Saturday? I'm going to see him this Saturday oh, at Barclays. Oh my god, that's um, awesome! He's he's facing a dude called EC3, who is just like a big, bulky white and, dude. Well, I think those are those are the main questions that mm-hmm. I have that came to mind immediately. Sure. Otherwise, I'm just sort of processing that's how fine. awesome this was. If you if you are listening to this and you have not watched wrestling. Check watch it, it check it out i i guarantee you you will enjoy it if you enjoy it anything like if you come from a theater background or you just like kind of fun characters and mm. character building I, I think it's a great exercise in character building right and storytelling and storytelling honestly. absolutely um i i talk a lot about this but um for podcasting because yeah. i do um voice acting and yeah stuff yeah like yeah that. absolutely um and i i write a little bit wrestling writing mm-hmm. is the most distilled form of knowing how to appeal to your audience yeah and also have them turn against a character what which is what i see is like being so beautiful about mm-hmm. about it is that it is really as you said distilled mm-hmm. and it's like this is 
this is the character this is what they are and they this is the relationship that they have to this other character Mm -hmm. and you know whether that's going to get turned on its head or not you know you're not dealing with like deep emotional complexities or Mm -hmm. anything else but that is i think a really useful tool for sure for anybody actor writer creator Mm -hmm. anybody who's kind of interested in storytelling and um and also speaking of distilling (laughs) distilleries every time every time i could make a really bad pun it was a really bad like wine wine pun connection um i i get really pleased with myself you say bad i say pretty damn good well thank you i appreciate that (laughs) so i guess any any last thoughts, Julia, that you have either on wrestling or anything anything else? Honestly, no. I mean, I I love wrestling. Yeah, I'm so glad I got into I've it. I've been, you know, because I listen I listen to Spirits mm-hmm. and um, many of the other podcasts that you're on, and I've heard you talk about wrestling mm-hmm. a bunch, and I've been like, I've been like, oh man, I gotta I gotta check this out. So when you came up with this idea, I was like, I'm super excited. I'm not going to do any mm-hmm. research. I'm not going to I'm not going to like know what I'm getting into, but this is so fun and so awesome. I will say wrestling can seem really overwhelming when you first get into it. Sure. It was sure. really hard for me to remember everyone's names, so I started coming up with nicknames for everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um so I'd be like, "Oh, like someone's music would hit and I would see the like screen light up a certain way. I'd be like, "Oh, Money Dad is here." Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. The the weird cult guy is back. Yes, okay. yes. Um, it it helps just to like kind of create monikers for everyone. Well, it's sort it's sort of like I think it's like you know if you're watching Game of Thrones for the first time, right? It you can have be to like over- associate, yeah, certain people. yeah, and and you and you have to kind of like remember in your head, right. What they are, you're like I don't before know. you can what that person's name is, yeah, but I know who they are just like from a basic perspective, exactly, and that helps exactly. And then the more you watch it and the more you get into it, then you start getting really exactly. invested in them and and know them as characters for sure. Uh, so don't get overwhelmed by it. Yeah, You'll figure it out eventually. No. I mean, I'm really glad that I um, had you as a guide, of course. And, it was my pleasure. And um, anybody listening to this can can follow along if you have if you have the wwe subscription even if you don't the first month is free so oh, there if you, you just want to sit down and yeah, watch this if just you remember it. to cancel it later yeah absolutely actually that's a great idea it's also, it's also only 99 uh 9.99 a month so oh, it's not terrible it that's cheaper than it's about netflix it's prices. about netflix yeah it's yeah. cheaper than hulu without ads there you go that's true and there and there were no ads in there this. were no ads yep there might have been. There might have been if we watched the whole video. Not for pay per views only oh, because amazing because you're already paying for yeah, it already. That's true. That's true. If you're watching it live on TV though, yeah, different story. Different story. Then that's it's true. Three hours and half an hour of it is ads. <laughs> amazing, Julia. Anything you'd like to plug? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have to think about this and make the list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Spirits Podcast is my main show. Yes. Um, it is a drunk mythology podcast where we take care of a different uh, story, legend, folktale, anything like that uh, each week. Uh, I teach my best friend about them. I am the, yep. the quote-unquote expert, which yes. is hilarious as you me. As you are. Yeah. Um, I That show is part of Multitude, which mm-hmm. is a collective of basically shows about people who are really enthusiastic about things that they love. I love it. So if you liked hearing it. me rant about wrestling for probably almost an hour... You would yeah. love the multitude variety of shows. Absolutely. I am a huge fan of Multitude and Spirits was the first 
podcast in multitude that I started listening to and I absolutely adore it. Um, and I the only one I haven't listened to at this point is Waystation just okay. because I haven't seen Lost Girl. That's fair. And I and it's a good watch along. Exactly. Show. So th- that's my eventual plan mm-hmm. is to watch it and listen. And we have a new show along. called Horse Out. I know. Oh yes, I haven't listened to okay. that one yet either. But yes. that is really exciting. And but that's about connected. Yeah, yeah, that's about um basketball. Mm-hmm. And it talks about basically everything except, like, who won in the game of basketball. Right. It talks about the beefs and the rumors and the conspiracy theories and all of that. Which which I which I love and I'm also really excited to yes. listen to. Um, I am also a voice actor on way too many shows. Yep. Um, I am in the upcoming season of Greater Boston. Awesome. Um, I am the main character in Tides, which just wrapped up its first season finale. Which is also amazing. Okay. And Julia yeah. is amazing on it. Um, what's the frequency, which should be wrapping up probably around the time this episode airs. Nice. Um, and a upcoming project, actually two upcoming projects. Okay, hold on. Uh, one upcoming project called 1994. Love it. Where I may or may not play a bank robber. It's amazing. I don't know. Amazing. Um, and then a show called Act Natural, which I won't spoil too much about, but I'll be posting a bunch on my social media. Uh, And you can follow me on Twitter at Julia Shafini. It is just my name. That's so easy. You can just be like, how do I spell that? Look at the description of this podcast. See, for me, it's much easier for my handle not to be my name because That's my name fair. is very hard to spell. I mean, mine but... <laughs> is also kind of, but it, I get it. It can be. It can mm-hmm. be, but um, no one puts the C in. Is the problem? I, uh, everyone forgets the C. See mm-hmm. my see my name, Sherjarko. People add the C because uh, there's That's but, the problem, but there is no C. <laughs> so no C. you know, put us together and. There's one seat there between we go. us. There's a combo. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, Juliet, thank you so much. Oh my God. This was this was an amazing experience for yeah. me. And I'm sorry that I like didn't talk very much no, during. No, no, you were very enraptured. It I was made very me appreciated. Okay. Okay, good. No, no, it was good. Um well, thank you for letting me rant as like everything of was course, going on. Of course. Of course. It was an absolute delight. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Of course. Cheers. Cheers. Clink clink. Clink clink. Clink clink. There we go. Yay! So there we are. That was my introduction to wrestling, and I had such a blast. Oh my god. I was so enthralled the whole time that I didn't really make any wine connections in the moment, as you could tell, but I wanted to make some pairings to add into this episode. Women in wine and women in art are something that I've been trying to focus on throughout this year. Julia also talked about the women's revolution and evolution in the WWE, and I think that all of these industries are dealing with so many of the same issues surrounding representation and equality. So rather than pair wine with some or all of the wrestlers that we watched in this match, I decided to make my own roundup of 30 awesome women in the wine industry. Many of them I've talked about before, and many of them I'll talk about much more again, but here's a little teaser, and hopefully you can get excited about some of them the way that the women of the WWE are as exciting to me, and there's actually some overlap. So, cheers, and here we go. First, it's got to be Laura Catena, who I've talked about before. She is a businesswoman, doctor, and owner of Bodega Catena Sabata in Argentina, which is one of the most prestigious, if not the most prestigious, winery in Argentina. And uh, she runs it while, you know, being a doctor in California. So uh, she is pretty frickin' badass. 
Okay, so that leads me to my second woman, uh, Marika Vida Arnold, who is the wine director at the Ritz Carlton. And I had the pleasure of doing a tasting of Catena wines with her um, a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And she is just awesome. Oh my God, nicest person. So smart. So on top of her shit. She is just like, you know, life goals. She is amazing. Marika. Okay, so that then leads me to Jordan Salcito, who similarly, she is a wine director as well. She's a wine director at Momofuku in New York. You may have heard of it, David Chang's little little uh, pet project. Um, she's the wine director there, and she also has her own, she's a sommelier, and she also has her own line of wines called Bellus, and um, those she all makes in Italy. She also makes these really awesome wine coolers or wine spritzers uh, called Ramona, and they're a grapefruit wine spritzer, and oh my god in the summertime I just chug those they are so so good Jordan is amazing I had the pleasure to meet her as well she is a rock star okay next we've got Ingrid Groys who is probably my favorite Austrian winemaker and she just makes the most amazing elegant delicious wines including her Gruner Veltliner as I've talked about Gruner Veltliner before on the show um, she makes a rosé of Pinot Noir called Summervine, or at least it used to be called Summervine. This last vintage, it was called something else. I can't remember what it was called, but it is, oh my God, it is so good. That's one of those that Winston drank the bottle of one time because I didn't tell him that I was saving it and uh, he got in big trouble. So anyway, look out for Summervine rosé. She also makes a Gemixtersatz. I'm so sorry for my terrible... German pronunciation, um, but Gemixterstatz is a kind of like field blend of white grapes and it's really, really delicious. So if you like Gruner's, you'll like that too. Okay, next we've got Jules Taylor, who I don't think I've actually talked about on the podcast, but I've talked about, uh, like I've, I've put some some of her stuff on Instagram and, and maybe talked about her during a live stream for patrons. Jules Taylor is a winemaker in New Zealand. She is uh, Life Goals. That's she, I want to just like be her when I'm her age. Uh, and uh, she's just a, an incredible, incredible winemaker. And not just doing Sauvignon Blanc. Her Chardonnay is actually my favorite, as I've talked about. I love New Zealand Chardonnay. Jules Taylor makes my favorite New Zealand Chardonnay. So there you go. Speaking of New Zealand, we've got Angela Osborne, who I've talked about a lot on the show, but not for a while. I talked about her a lot at the beginning because we were drinking her Land of Saints Grenache Syrah blend during the during episode three, the Ursula Le Guin episode. Um, Angela is a total rock star as well. She, again, comes from New Zealand, makes wine in Santa Barbara County in California, working primarily with the Grenache grape. She is most famous for her tribute to Grace Wines, which are made solely from Grenache coming from different sites in Santa Barbara. So she is awesome. Speaking of rock stars, Ariana Occupinti, who I believe I've also talked about. Uh, she is another young rock star winemaker in Sicily. She is, I believe, the niece of another famous winemaker, something else, Occupinti. But she makes both the Occupinti wines and the Tammy wines. The Tammy wines are a little less expensive, so I highly recommend checking out those. Speaking of Sicily, another great Sicilian winemaker is Marilena Barbera, and I've had the pleasure of meeting Marilena on a couple of occasions as well. She makes wine a little bit differently than Ariana. Her wines are a little bit bolder, a little bit weirder, I would say. 
maybe. I don't know. But she works with some kind of Sicilian varietals that you wouldn't necessarily know, like Insolia and Pedicone. And I love her wines. I also love her Nero d'Avola. And she is just a lovely, lovely human. So look, for, look out for the wines of Marilena Barbera. Not to be confused with the Barbera grape, which is coming from Piedmont in northwest Italy. That, that kind of confuses some people. Anyway, okay, now we're getting to the Southern Rhone. And in the Southern Rhone, there happen to be just a whole bunch of amazing, awesome women making wine. And I love it. I've got to go there. I've got to go visit all these people. So first of all, there's the Tibon sisters who make the Ma de Limbian wines, which I've also talked about. We were drinking their Cayenne Cote Rhone during the Women in Wine episode. So you may uh, remember them. So they're three sisters. And this I'm going to relate to wrestling, actually, because like a stable, which is three or more wrestlers that are like on a team, uh, they're like a stable because they also, they use horses to farm their vineyards, which is awesome. So those, those three sisters are Catherine, Cecile, and Helen. Next, we've got Michelle Aubry-Laurent, who is the winemaker and owner of Domaine Graminon. This is a, kind of a sad story. Her husband was the winemaker, but he passed away tragically a few years ago, and she decided, even though she didn't really have a background in winemaking, that she would take over, and she has just done an amazing job. Her wines are outstanding, and uh, and she is just a terrific human. Next, we've got Domaine de Marcoux. So this is another, so this is a fun fact, Domaine de Marcoux. If you see a Cote de from Domaine de Marcoux, absolutely get it because it's basically declassified Chateauneuf de Pop, which is the kind of fancier wine coming from that region. They make Chateauneuf de Pop as well. But a few years ago, I guess they built a highway down the middle of their estate. And so on one side of the highway is still called Chateauneuf de Pop and on the other half, they can only call it Cote de Rhone. But so it's basically declassified Cote de Rhone. So it's like almost like getting a Chateauneuf de Pop for like 20 bucks. It's awesome. Their wines are amazing. Um, but those are again, two sisters and uh, their names are Catherine and Sophie Armenier. And this reminds me of the Bella Twins. And of course, uh, Julia told me after after we recorded this episode that the Bella Twins actually make their own wine. They have, or they don't make it, but they have their own wine label. Um, and it's called Belle Radici, which I believe means beautiful roots. And that's coming from California. I will definitely check out the Bella Twins wine and see what it's all about. Okay, next, last lady in the Rhone Valley and Charlotte Melia Bachas, who is the winemaker from Chateau de la Fond de Loup, or I believe the Fountain of the Wolf. Anything with a wolf in it, I'm, I'm like, I'm there. So, so that just that just gets me. But also I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Charlotte, we, we called her a, a few years ago, and she is just, she is just terrific. She's no bullshit and does what she does brilliantly and doesn't really care what anybody thinks. So. Uh, also life goals. Next, we're moving a little bit north in France for to uh, Beaujolais, and specifically the Morgon region of Beaujolais, which, as you might recall, is what I was drinking during the very first episode um, in The Hobbit. Um, but the winemaker here that I wanted to talk about was Mie Godard, who is making wine in the Morgon region of Beaujolais, and it's uh, some of my favorite, favorite stuff. Next, uh, we're going to go up to Chablis, so Chablis, uh, just north of Burgundy, or it's kind of like considered part of Burgundy, and they make Chardonnay there, pretty much only Chardonnay. 
and um, Eleni Vaucore is one of my favorite Chablis producers there. She technically makes the wine with her husband, but you know, she's the most important one, obviously. Then going north even further in France, there is Dominique Moreau, who is the winemaker for Marie Corton, uh, which is a champagne house. Gotta get some champagne in there. Okay, now we're gonna stop talking about French winemakers for a second um, and talk about some other ladies in the wine industry. First of all, uh, Jancis Robinson, who I have definitely talked about before, who is kind of the creme de la creme, the the top uh, wine educator, wine scholar. She is a master of wine. She has her own website, which is awesome if you're looking into, if you want some more resources for wine education, check out jancisrobinson.com. Um, she also wrote these little books called The Oxford Companion to Wine and The Wine Atlas from Oxford. Uh, I'm not, uh, I was kidding, they're, they're huge. They're, they are like the Bible of wine, um, not the wine Bible. That's, I'll talk about that in a minute. But they are, they are like, you know, the quintessential guide to wine. Um, so Jancis is outstanding. Another Robinson, I don't think they're related, but Andrea Robinson is a master sommelier in California. She is, I believe, one of only 23. It's possible there might be one more now, but 23 or 24 women master sommeliers in the world. So, yeah, just think about that for a second. I mean, there's only about 200, give or take, master sommeliers total in the world. So now women are about 10% of that, which is is not great still a very small percentage but it is getting much much better than it was and um, andrea again it has been wonderful for making wine accessible her website is awesome if you want to go check out her website okay then another educator slash book writer uh, madeline Pouquet who created Wine Folly. I love Wine Folly. It is kind of, it's a much more accessible, different way of thinking about wine if you get the books, um, but it's mostly an online resource. And the best thing for me about Wine Folly are their maps, which you can just get for free online. You can also order prints of them from winefolly.com, but uh, their, their wine maps, their wine region maps are awesome. They're like clear, direct, not confusing, but very thorough. So. Uh, Madeline is awesome. Okay, back to some winemakers. Uh, Laura Lorenzo, who is just ridiculously talented, she's making wine in Ribera Sacra in northwest Spain. So that's kind of Galicia, around Galicia, north of Portugal, that kind of area. She started making wine at 16, and she is just like a savant. She's amazing, and she... Uh, they're like kind of funky, weird, cool, dare I say natural wines, uh, but they're really, really well made. I love Laura. Okay, then there's Marilisa Allegrini, who I believe is the owner of Allegrini. I don't think she's the winemaker, but she's kind of like a matriarch in the wine community there. Allegrini being one of the best Amarone producers in Valpolicella, um, which we've talked about mostly in the Dracula episode. So there you go. Joe Nash, uh, we talked about her a little bit during the Bad Max episode. She is the winemaker for the MWC wines in Australia, and I love her wines. They're like not at all what you think of when you think of Australian wines. They're very like light and elegant. Um, I love her Pinot Gris especially. Okay, 
Iris Rideau. Um, she is the owner and winemaker of Rideau Vineyard in Santa Barbara. Again, love Santa Barbara in California. Um, and she's making kind of Rhone-style wines there. And she is the first Creole American winemaker to own and operate a winery in the United States. So that's pretty cool. Then also in California, a little bit further north, Kathy Corazon of Corazon Wines in Napa. That is one of the most famous uh, Napa Valley Cab producers. And Kathy is the winemaker, James Beard finalist. She's just awesome, awesome, awesome. Check out those wines if you can afford them. They're quite, quite pricey. Okay, Cecilia Torres of Casa Real in Chile, where I learned about one third of all winemakers are women. So, you know, not, not, perfect, but definitely way better percentages in Chile than in the rest of the world. So way to go, Chile. Um, Paula Medina Sheldon, she is the new owner, some executive something or other at Williams and Humbert Sherry House in, in Jerez in southern Spain. Um, and she's awesome because she's, again, woman high up in the wine industry and also a woman of color. And there are not that many women of color in the wine industry. Speaking of which, I've talked a little bit about Nitsiki Biela, who's the first black winemaker or black woman winemaker in South Africa. She is the head winemaker of Aslina Wines. Very cool. Okay, down to the last two. So uh, Stella Di Compalto is an outrageously talented winemaker in Montalcino in Brunello. And if anybody wants to get me something, a belated Christmas present or something like that, I would love a bottle of Stella di Compalto uh, Brunello di Montalcino. I would take that, I would take that. I wouldn't turn it down. And then last but not least, I mentioned before, Karen McNeil, who is the author of the Wine Bible. She is one of my favorite, favorite wine writers. Um, she talks about wine in a way that I, I just, yet because she talks about it like it's poetry like it's art and i just uh i just love her and i love that book if you have not you should absolutely purchase the wine bible whether you want to learn more about wine or not it's just a wonderful wonderful book okay there we are we did it thank you all so much for a fantastic 2018 till next year read drink and be merry Music for this episode was by Kevin McLeod. Check out the show notes to hear more of McLeod's work. Pairing was created, produced, hosted, and edited by Emma Scherzarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. If you'd like more information, links, and clarifications on what we talked about this episode, please check out the show notes. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, read, drink, and be merry.